Great, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you today. Uh, really excited because Kelly, y'all, uh, y'all did two of my favorite songs, Matt Redmond's uh, 10,000 Reasons, and I love Wickham's Beautiful. That's one of my favorite. I, in my estimation, my opinion, uh, we are in the midst of the historically the third great music writing of Christianity. I think uh, we had the hymns, which were fabulous, and then kind of gospel, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, Gaithers. Gaithers, that's it, that's who I was trying to think, Gaithers, but now, you know, we went through the choruses, and now we're going to some depth and some feeling, and, and I love what's happening here. Uh, take your Bibles and open them to John 21. I appreciate uh, being able to work together with y'all. Uh, we uh, want you to know that we handed out almost right under 500 school supplies uh, at the at the Rock. Yeah, great. And then the amazing thing that happened is as school started this last week, the principal at Bullock Elementary, which is right down the road from the Rock, called us and said, we need some help. And so we are putting into action some ways to help this school. And I met with the principal of Walnut Glen this last week, and we're going to be working with them in some tutoring and after school. And, man, it, God has really opened some doors for us. And so we're excited that you all are part in partnership with us in ministry, and that means a lot to us. And so I uh, appreciate your pastor, Adam. We've had some good conversations and uh, and hey, bad ones yet, so I guess that's all right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not in any hurry, but I'm not going to be around long afterwards, okay? I've got tickets to all-you-can-eat section at the Ranger game tonight, so, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to get fed spiritually, and then I'm going to go gorge physically. Uh, <laughs> And hopefully the Rangers will win at the same time. Uh, if you remember the story, let me see if I can set the story up for you. In John 21, Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to uh, be crucified. Say he would rise again. And, he, and then he said, all of you like sheep will scatter. And you remember Peter's words were, not me, not me. And he was sincere. I, I believe ultimately sincere. Not me. It, I will die for you. And, and Jesus said, no, you won't. You won't. And Peter said, even if everyone else, even no one else stands with you, I will. I am ready to die for you. Jesus said, well, before the rooster crows this night, you will deny me three times. You know he didn't want to do it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not what he wanted to do. They did. Three times he denied even any kind of relationship with Jesus at all. Broken man, went out and wept bitterly. Well, the resurrection has come. It's gone. Jesus has appeared a few times to his disciples. And for some reason, Peter decides to go fishing. Now, he had been a fisherman all his life. He decides to go fishing. They, they fish all night. They catch nothing at all. And there's a figure on the shore, staying on the shore. And he says, have you caught anything? And no, we fished all night, caught nothing. He says, cast your nets on the other side. They do it. Uh, and the, net, the catch is so great, the nets are breaking 
uh, they can't haul it in. And, and they remember, this has happened before. This has happened before. And John says, it is the Lord. And Peter, impetuous Peter, he just jumps in and goes ashore. And there they have a breakfast that Jesus has cooked for them. And after breakfast, Jesus and Peter take a walk. And that's where we catch up in verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. When he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Peter, turning around, saw a disciple whom Jesus loved. This would be John following them. The one who also had leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You follow me. Aren't you glad that fall is around the corner? I mean, it's, it's been hot, right? Been hot, and I'm glad fall. But that's not the reason I'm glad. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to 70-degree weather and stuff like that. But the main reason I'm glad is it's football season. Now, I know not all of you like football, but, but I don't have any stories about uh, Pinterest or, or <laughs> shopping or, or anything like that. I mean, I've got stories about football, you know. And it's football season, and, and, and I mean, I, I'm ready to hibernate for the next four months and just give me a remote control, feed me through the door. I don't care. I'm ready for football season. I love football. Now, I, I counted the years. I, I actually played nine years of football, but now I'm what you call a fan. I'm a fan. And it's great to be a fan. You, you attend when you want to attend. You don't attend when you don't want to attend. You, you can complain, you can yell, you can argue. It doesn't cost you anything but maybe the price of a ticket or a big screen TV, you know, to be a fan. It, it, it's easy. It's easy. Some of y'all maybe, in, I don't know, any of y'all ever heard of Bud Wilkinson? Anybody? That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Bud Wilkinson was, which I hate to say this, was coach of the University of Oklahoma uh, back in the 50s and, and going into the early 60s and had one of the longest winning streaks ever in college football. And, and a reporter asked him one day, said, what do you think is the value of college football to physical fitness? And his response was nothing. Porter said, what do you mean nothing? He said, well, when you go to a college football game, you've got, you've got 60,000 people in the stands watching who desperately need exercise. And you have 22 men on the field who desperately need rest. And that's the difference between being a fan and a player. Now, 
that's the issue I want you to think about today. The question I want to ask you, are you a fan or a player? See, for Jesus for three and a half years had tried to make his disciples players. But they were still fans. I mean, excited. Hey, you know what Jesus can do? Man, I, I saw the play where he gave sight to a blind man. They yeah, clap, applaud. That's great. And the other guy said, well, I, I saw something better than that. I saw him raise the dead. I mean, they were excited. They loved what Jesus could do. They, they loved following him. I believe they sincerely loved him, but they had forgotten that they were supposed to be players and not fans. Not fans. Now, in following Jesus, we have to decide we're going to be a fan or a player. And it is summed up in this one question, do you love me? Do you love me? It is a penetrating question. It is a haunting question. It is a question that's easy to answer in a room such as this. But the, it's a question that we need to take to heart. Do you love me? Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, when you understand scripturally, first of all, you have to understand that it means priority. Priority. Jesus said to him, Simon, do you love me more than these? We don't know exactly what he's referring to more than these. Was he referring to the other disciples there? I think he was referring to all the fishing stuff that was there and that catch that had come in. And everything is great because, see, Peter had been a fisherman. And his father had been a fisherman. His grandfather had been a fisherman. His great-grandfather fisherman. That's what they did. That's what they knew. That was their life. But when Jesus called him, what did he do? He left everything and followed him. I don't think when Peter went fishing, he was just going out for, for a, a recreational fish. I think he was living in the past of his shame, of his guilt, he was glad that Jesus was alive, but he felt useless now, worthless now. He was going back to an old way of life, going back to what he used to do. And I think Jesus is saying, why are you here? What are you doing here? Didn't I call you away from these things? Didn't I call you to make me the priority of your life? Why are you here? I've been married to my wife for 41 years. And... Uh, I love Let's suppose that about five years ago, I came to Edda and said, man, I want you to know I love you. But, but th there's a couple old girlfriends have come back into my life. And, uh, and I, I really liked them when I used to date them. And in fact, I thought I loved them. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to love you, but I'm also going to love them. I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be toast, you know. I mean, that doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. I can't love old girlfriends and love her. I can't, go, I can't love them and love her. Priority is revealed. You don't go back. You see, we're called away from everything to follow Christ. And when we love Him, He becomes the priority of our life. Priority. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Priority. Now, priority is revealed in, in several things. First of all, it's revealed in our commitment, the fact that we keep our promises. You get this, Jesus asked him three times. Peter was grieved when he asked him the third time. I, this used to bother me for a while. I tried to figure out why ask him three times. Some people say that, some theologians say Jesus never quite was satisfied with his answer because he would say, 
Simon Peter, do you love me agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Peter, every response was, yes, I love you, phileo, Philadelphia, a brotherly kind of love. So, but I think Peter was sincere. I think he really loved Jesus. I don't think that was the thing. I think Jesus is reminding him. How many times did he deny him? Three times. And now Jesus asked him three times. And it says Peter was grieved. He was cut to the heart that Jesus had asked him three times. Now, a question I have, why, does, why would Jesus do that to us? Why, does he remind, why would he remind us of our failure? Why would he remind us of our shortcoming? Why would he make us, well, make us grieve and feel bad? Because there are times it's good to feel bad. Because that, when you feel bad, that feeling bad drives you to Jesus. Now, Satan and others will remind you of your failures in order to bring you down, to destroy you. Jesus reminds you so that you can know that, that, so you can know that he loves you and he wants you to come back. He's not throwing you away. He's saying, you denied me three times, but I'm not throwing you away, Peter. I still want you to do what I called you to do. I still want you to do. Remember when you said that you were ready to die for me? Now, now's the time. I'm calling you back to that commitment. I'm calling you back to that promise. That, that is the authority that Jesus has. It, it is good to feel bad in order that you will go for the good feeling, which is to run to Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Grace. Grace. We need to leave our past. We need to leave our excuses behind. And we need to understand that Jesus understands our failure and he loves us. Do you understand that? That, that the reason you love him is because he loves you? I, I, I don't think we, I think one of our problems is we've lost, maybe some of us have been around it so long, we have forgotten how much he loves us. We have forgotten the, the, the wonderment, the awe of our salvation. I encourage our congregation to do a little thing uh, to remind themselves of that, to take a note card, a postcard, uh, index card and write on there I am the one Jesus loves and put that tape it to their mirror when they get up in the morning and read that I am the one Jesus loves get another one put it on your uh, dash of your car put one on your desk at work I am the one Jesus loves we need to remind ourselves all the time that we are loved by him I I know some of you, you've done some crummy things in the past, right? I'm not asking you to share or volunteer. <laughs> I mean, your past is haunting, can, can it be? I have times where I, thoughts are brought to my mind. I can't remember, believe I ever did something like that. can't believe I said something like that. I can't believe how fragile, how weak I am. And, and yet Jesus loves us and he reminds us that we need him and we need to be committed to him it also results in obedience if you love me tend my sheep feed my lambs this is why i've got something for you to do i've got something for you to do it, it, it's it's obedience to him strictly obedience i have something for you to do and i want you to do it notice there are no options here. He didn't ask Peter, hey, Peter, by the way, do you like sheep? Peter said, no, Lord, frankly, I, I don't. They're, they're, they're dumb, stupid, smelly animals. 
Now, I've been around fish. You want me to feed fish, I'll feed fish. No, there's no options here. It's, you do what he says. And Jesus made that very clear. In fact, just hours before his crucifixion in John 14, 15, he told his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will do what I say. Our problem, we've made this too much of a feeling. And it's good when you feel in love, but, but love is a commitment. It is obedience. We made a feeling. We, uh, I love the songs that we sing, and, and I love coming together and feeling good, but it's more than that. It's much more than that. I mean, to be honest with you, I can get that same feeling in other situations. I mean, you take, a, you take chocolate chip cookies right out of the oven, and especially if you got pecans in them right out of the oven, you give me a glass of milk, I can worship at that altar for a long time. <laughs> now, I, I, I can get down on my knees and, 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 and I, can, I can worship that idol, I tell you. I, I love that feeling, you know. It's later that it catches up with me, but I love that feeling. I love it. And so... We have that we've made and it's good to feel good, but this is not about feeling. This is about commitment. If you love me, do what I say. And the idea is we love him at sacrifice. Isn't it amazing? Peter said, told Jesus he was ready to die for him. And Jesus tells him, you're going to die for me. You're going to die for me. He gets it all. That's what loving him. He gets it all. No issues of fairness, nothing like that. Hey, hey, what about this guy? Don't worry about him. Do you love me? Will you follow me? Don't worry about that guy. You follow me. You follow me. I almost come back to priority here. If you're taking notes or just mental notes, I want you to make a list of priority. Number one, number two, number three, number four. Just You can do it in your head. If you want to write it down, you can. But just think right now. What's number one? What's number two? Number three? Number four? I'm going to wait till I hear the things. The squeaking quit. <laughs> All right. Now, it's, it's okay. You don't have to raise your hand. It's not mandatory participation. How many of you... I mean, you just honestly, you know in your heart that, that Jesus is number one. Anybody? Yeah, all, right. all right. You don't have to be afraid of this, okay? All right. How many put something like family number two? All right. How about job number three? No? Job number three? Number four, recreation? All right. Anything else? Friends? Where were friends? That family? Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, good. So, priority. Jesus, family, friends, work. This loving Jesus idea comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. doesn't mean He's one of many. Number one versus number two. It means he's the only one of his kind. There is no, he is one and the one and only one. And he demands that a certain kind of commitment and love. So he is your priority. 
He is your commitment. Jesus takes that, and in the New Testament makes that the greatest command. Love the Lord your God. Take all the commands and sum them up in this one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. So here, here's how he sees it. You see it this. Jesus 1, family 2, friends 3, family 4. I want you to take your list and cross Jesus out of number one. Because Jesus does not want to be first in your life. He does not want to be number one in your life. He wants to be the list. The whole list. The whole list. He wants you to love Him with all you have and all you are. He wants the way you treat your family to be an expression of love for Him. The way you do your work to be an expression of love for Him. The way you deal with friends and and recreation. Everything is to be out of love for Him. That is to be our life. Our life. It, this is not obeying a bunch of rules. It's not uh, adhering to, uh, you know, doctrines important. But this is loving Him. And, and it's not always about what you feel. It is the commitment that you will obey Him and He is the priority. And you always want to honor Him and love Him. He doesn't want to be number one. He wants to be it. And the thing is, that will be your greatest joy. That will be your greatest joy and your greatest purpose. It's really not a wonder that we love Him. It is a wonder that He loves us. Are you going to be a fan or a player? That's the question. Are you going to be a fan or a player? Are you going to root Jesus on or are you going to get in the game and love Him and do whatever He wants you to do? We've kind of been kind of trying to wake some things up. You know, we, we tend to get sleepy. And so we, we kind of publicize a mission statement, vision statement. I changed it just recently and nobody knew it. And I just put it out there. And so I put our, our vision statement. We had being a multicultural church and multi-ethnic community and multi-campuses. And so I changed it several weeks ago and just put whatever God tells us to do. Whatever God tells us to do. That's it. That's what we want to be. Whatever God tells us to do. That's what I want to be. Whatever God tells me to do. And I want to love him. And I want to, him to be priority in my life. He loves you. Never forget that. Never forget that. You are the one he loves. Respond to that by loving him. And getting in the game. Father I thank you for your word today. Thank you for these who have been so patient in listening. I pray that your word will be take root in our hearts. I thank you for loving us with an everlasting love and holding us in everlasting arms. I pray that we will constantly be reminded of the cross. And we will be in awe of our salvation. And we will love you. Thank you. Pray in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Gracious and Holy Father, would you give us intellect to understand you, reason to discern you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, 
a spirit to know you, a heart to meditate upon you, ears to hear you, and eyes to see you, a tongue to proclaim you, a way of life pleasing to you, patience to wait for you, and perseverance to look for you. Go in peace.